0: Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from
1: Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Mofflis. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. Here on the island of Guam and in the studios of Joy FM, we have a wonderful Bible question and answer program. And we would like to invite you to begin our program with us with prayer. Let's pray. Our gracious, wonderful Heavenly Father, thank you very, very much for giving us this program today. And we would like to ask that as we open your Bible, that you will give us your spirit to teach us and lead us into all truth as you promised. And we thank you for our listening friends, and we ask that you please bless us all with uh, truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I'm very glad to be here with you. I'm very glad also to be here with uh, Brother Sean Runyoung And Brother Sean, it's so good to have you join me today. Thank you for having me. And uh, very glad, uh, you know, Sean's a very familiar voice and familiar face here at Joy FM, and he has so graciously agreed to help me with uh, today's program. And as we are uh, looking at our uh, our f- next hour in answering Bible questions, we would like to invite you to please go ahead and pick up your phone and dial and contact us. And uh, Sean, maybe you can help our listening friends with uh, those phone numbers and emails and things like that.
2: Yes, sir. In um, Guam, you can contact 472-111. In this is CMI, 323-1113. You can text or WhatsApp to 671-686-9999. And you keep. You can email your Bible questions to bible at joyfmradio.net.
1: And of course, you can also join us on Facebook. And if you go to the, our Facebook page and search up Joy FM Guam, and uh, there you will find our live stream. And you can see the handsome face of Sean, and you'll see me too. And uh, you can go to the comment section there on our Facebook Facebook page at facebook.com/forward slash Joy FM Radio. Go to the comment section of our live stream. Leave our, the, your question there. We'll be able to see it immediately. And if you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday, from 5 to 6 p.m., then you're listening to a rebroadcast. Now, of course, you can still contact Joy FM Studios, but your live answer will come, of course, the following Monday, the following program. Okay, so go ahead and pick up your phones. We have some wonderful operators waiting for your call, and we'll be so glad to take your call. During this next hour, we have about a half hour until our break, and go ahead and get our phones ringing. Okay, until we do have those phones ringing, uh, we do have some questions that have come to us through email, and those are always wonderful to get to. So, Sean, do we have any of those ready for us to take a look at? Yes, sir. First question, is it okay
2: to work for a nurse on the Sabbath? If not, what type of work is allowed on the Sabbath?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Now, when we're talking about the, the uh, working on the Sabbath, uh, what they're referring to, of course, is the commandment in the book of Exodus chapter 20. You'll find the Sabbath commandment from v- verse 8 to 11, where it says, remember the, seventh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Now, of course, uh, Jesus, he himself did things on the Sabbath day. And I believe it's found in the book of Mark. And let's go ahead and uh, uh, take a look there. And here on this, we see in Mark chapter 3, verse 4, we're going to find something that Jesus said. Okay. And... If you, if you can get there, Sean, yes. uh, maybe you're faster than I am. I, I'm Go there. Ahead. Okay, if you can read verse um, uh, maybe three to five.
2: Okay, verse three to five. Then Jesus to, said to the man with the withered hand, Stand up among us. And he asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Jesus looked around, them, looked around at them with anger and sorrow at their hardness of
1: heart. Then he said to them, man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was restored. Now, Mark records it that way. Now, Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And so obviously healing on the Sabbath is okay. And in the book of Matthew chapter 12, reading verse 12, it says, wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. And it was he was about to heal that man with a withered hand. Hmm. So it is lawful to heal. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. What we want to refrain from on the Sabbath are works of employment. But here's the thing. Nurses and doctors, they are, in fact, healing. It is their employment to heal on the Sabbath. Mm. And we just want to rest assured that there are many Sabbath-keeping doctors who go and they heal on the Sabbath. They go to the hospital. They check on their patients. They administer uh, help and healing and cures and and, uh, medical help. Um, but doctors who want to keep the Sabbath, but they also want to go in and heal on the Sabbath, what they do is they they don't take the pay. They don't take the mm. the um, the wages that they earn. They take th- what they did earn and then they put it into missionary work. Mm. And so that would be a very, very admirable way to heal on the Sabbath and yet at the same time keep the commandment. Nurses can do this as well. And or anybody else who finds themselves uh, healing on the Sabbath, they can take whatever whatever uh, they would have made, and give it give it as an offering to the Lord. Now it looks like we do have a caller who is waiting for a uh, uh, waiting for us to take her on the air and this is Jessica. okay, this is a good this is a a very familiar <laughs> person. okay, let's put Jessica on the air. Hello, welcome to straight from the Bible Jessica. you're on the air now.
3: Hello, Pastor nice to <laughs>
1: your voice is so wonderful to hear. Thank you very much. Uh, do you have a question for us?
3: Yes, so um, this question has been asked this week okay. and I just thought I'd share it. Um, so that you could answer it over the air. Okay. Um, the first question is, why does God allow people to suffer? And kind of like a twofold question, the second one is, because, like, for example, one person... Um, oh, here's another, sorry. Me, go ahead and answer that first question first.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much for that question. Now, the first question, of course, is a very, very deep, and it has... Well, it has been a cause of confusion for a lot of people. Suffering comes to everybody. Why does God allow people to suffer? Uh, does God not care? Does God not love us um, there I could go all over the Bible and show that that yes, God has allowed um, his own people to go through many difficult trials. Um, he allowed job to suffer the loss of all his possessions, all of his children, and even his own health. Um, there are many times where uh, God's people suffered at the hands of their enemies, like the Philistines or Babylon. And so does God allow suffering? Um, well, many times, many times, the the suffering is a result of our own choice. Um, we might want to consider whether or not the suffering that comes to us, did we make a mistake? And as a result, suffering comes. And and God would have nothing to do with that. For instance, if I'm smoking uh, I'm, and I'm suffering from lung cancer, I don't believe that was from God. That was from the cigarettes and my own choice. <laughs> mm. All right? And so many times it is as a, a result of our choice. And God simply lets our, our choices uh, bring its own harvest. Um, many times, God says that he lets us go through the, fi- the fire of affliction to purify us. And that does have, uh, w- when sufferings cause us to turn towards God and to pray and to search our hearts more, then it has a purifying effect. It causes us to cling to him more. The scripture talks about, uh, about people being purified in the furnace like silver. And so that is... Uh, one of the reasons why we might go through suffering uh, there may be there may be no answer that is satisfactory here on this side of eternity. In other words, we may never know why we're suffering. Um, but um, it's not uh, some but the most important thing is not to know why we're going through it, but instead to simply trust God while we're going through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may never know the answer or the reason why. Before Jesus comes, but afterwards, uh, when we get to heaven, and we'll be able to, God will make everything clear. And so, why does God allow suffering? There may be a a thousand reasons that I can't give now, but God knows the answer. It's very individual. It can be very individual, and it could be very, uh, it could have a lot of angles to it. And so, but I gave a few things that might be the reason why, either through purification, or simply because it's the uh, the results of our own choices, or maybe there may be things that I, we just simply don't know. Uh, does that help in any way, Jessica?
3: Yes, it does. Thank you, Pastor. With the same conversation,
1: okay? Uh,
3: the person asked, "Well, you know, my for example, my mother passed away. Why did God allow my mom to pass away when she was such a good person?" And yet I see these all these other people who are still alive and, and you know, they're doing wicked things and things like that.
1: Hmm. You know, that sounds just like what King David, when he was writing in the Psalms, he says, why do the wicked prosper? And, uh, you know, it's, it, it doesn't make sense that people can get away with murder and... Um, Uh, In the book, Psalm 73, Psalm 73, verse three, King David says, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And so there are many times where even Bible writers are looking at the wicked and they're saying, why are they getting all the good stuff? But good Mm. people are suffering. Um, Again, I don't think I can give an answer for every single reason why. But yes, bad things do happen to good people. Um, why do bad things happen to good people? I've already given a possible few things. why. But once again, it's uh, it shows that it shows that God's people can trust in God uh, something that the wicked don't. and um, and uh, but by the way, the Bible says that the end of the transgr- the way of the transgressor is hard, which means in the end, sin is not going to be easy. And so it may seem like wicked people go through easy times now, but it eventually catches up with them. And I, I'd rather ha- be suffering at, uh, uh, for righteousness than to suffer wicked, the, the results of wickedness. And so that would be, I, I would far rather be on the first kind of suffering than the second. Uh, the, the, the suffering that the wicked are going to go through is going to be terrible compared to the suffering of the righteous. I would rather take the suffering of the righteous. The suffering of the righteous purifies, the suffering of the wicked destroys. Mm. And that's a very, very sobering thought. So did uh, did our moms, our grandmoms who were good women, did they suffer and other people are getting away with terrible things? It may be that case. And why did that happen? We may have to wait until heaven to know exactly why. But it could be that God is is simply demonstrating that his people do trust in him. Does that answer your question, Jessica?
3: Yes, it does. Thank you so much, Pastor Mothman, for sharing your answer.
1: Thank you very much for calling in your question, Jessica. Have a wonderful day. Okay? That was a good question. Uh, Sean, did you have anything to add to that? Because I did all the talking.
2: I'm kind of like at the moment
1: <laughs> so I understand I understand and uh, but but it is a good question and uh, I know yes, that sir. there are a lot of people who might be thinking and uh, wondering about that okay now we do have a question on that came to us uh, through a call but it simply just uh, made its way in written form what would that what is that question that came
2: and it says why didn't Abram and Sarai not listen to
1: God about having children Please explain them. Okay. Well, thank you very much for the caller who uh, called and left that question with us. Why didn't Abram and Sarai, uh, why didn't they tr- um, believe in God or why didn't they listen to God about having children? Um, <laughs> This is a very, very um, interesting scenario. God promised Abram and Sarai. He promised them children. Hmm. And then as the years went by and everyone else is having kids and everyone else is having grandkids, they were arriving at a very old age. And then Sarai said something. um, uh, We're going to find it in the book of Genesis. I'm just going to go there and see if I can find it. In the book of Genesis chapter 11, verse 30, it says, but Sarai was barren and had no child. So she was barren, mm. okay? And yet God says, the two of you are going to have children. Abram, out of you, I will raise up a mighty nation. But Sarai was barren, and so she did not believe that God would bring a child through her. She says, God promised you, Abram, that you would be the one who will have, uh, make a great nation. Mm. So she says... Here's my handmaiden. Now back then unfortunately it was a very, very accepted culture to have what you would call concubines with the approval of the wife. And so God had a child through Hagar and that was the handmaiden of Sarai. And so why didn't uh, why didn't God, well, I'm sorry, why didn't Abram and Sarai listen to God about, ch- about the whole thing about having children? Well, they did not believe that Sarai could have children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the thing about about God. God, he actually visited them. And he says, he, uh, he told Abram, your wife is going, Sarai is going to have a child. You know what Sarai did? She laughed. She laughed. That's right. She went, bah, you know. <laughs> she was like, uh, and she says, can I, who uh, a, a woman who's, over, over 90 or something like that, have a child. And so she laughed and God heard that. He goes, why did you laugh, Sarah? (laughs) Why did Mm. Sarah laugh? She says, no, I didn't. Yes, she did. (laughs) You're going to name your son Isaac and Isaac means laughter. Uh. (laughs) And so why didn't, why didn't they listen? Well, they, their faith, their faith kind of wavered and they doubted that God could uh, bring a child through Sarai. Mm. So they invited Hagar in. It was a terrible move, a very bad decision. But in the end, the promised child did, in fact, come through old woman Sarah. And mm. they shouldn't have doubted. They really shouldn't. They should have continued to believe. And that's the, that's how we can answer that question that has come to us through, uh, through uh, the call that was just simply left with us. Okay. All right. Let's uh, go ahead and continue looking at some other questions. But before we do that, I just want to give that phone number out so that more people can call. 472-1111. 472-1111. That's if you're calling from Guam, Saipan, Tinian, and Rota. please dial 323-1113. 323-1113. Of course, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Radio. Go there. Go to the comments section of our live stream and... Leave your comment, your, uh, leave your question there, and we'll see it immediately. Okay, now we have something on Facebook, and I believe we have a, uh, a question there from Stephanie. And uh, I'm not sure if you can see that. Um, I, I do, I can. And Stephanie is asking Is it true that before we die, our body will suffer 30%? Okay. Well, Stephanie, that is a good question, and I never heard that before, and, and I'm, not, I'm not even quite sure what, it, what does that mean our body will suffer 30% mm. before we die. Um, I, I'm afraid this is something new to me. Uh, does that mean that our bodies have 30% of pain? Um, there are many different ways that a person might pass away. It could happen slowly through cancer or some mm. other disease, or it can happen quickly. You know, like, (laughs) I don't know, a a car accident or something, something terrible. Uh, I don't think every death experience logically would be the same. Uh, You know, there are just some people who just simply fall asleep, you know, and and Mm. uh, they die in their sleep. Or people in old age where they simply breathe their last and they leave. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure all deaths are the same, but that's just a... that's just my guess. I don't. I can't think of any Bible verse that could help us answer this question. So this is probably a, a question to ask the doctors on Wednesday. And, uh, <laughs> But I did my best. I certainly did my best. Okay. All right. So thank you very much for that question, though, Stephanie. And may God bless you, and thank you very much for asking. Okay. Now let's uh, take a look at some other questions that have come uh, while we're waiting for our phone lines to light up. Uh, What else do we have, Sean?
2: We have an email question.
1: Okay. In
2: Proverbs 20, verse 1, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. What about tuba? Is it
1: in in this category? That's a good question. Tuba. Okay. Now, for those of you who are listening not from the islands or you're new to the island, there is a drink that exists here on Guam and also in Chuuk. Yeah, I most think of so. the islands, yes. Most of the islands have uh, something here on Guam. We call it uh, tuba, and it's basically a, a uh, it's it's a drink that's derived from the sap of the coconut tree. Now, the verse that was just quoted was um, forbidding strong drink, and uh, and of course that's uh, something called liquor. And uh, is so. What about tuba? Is tuba then forbidden by the Bible? Um, it, it does depend on what kind of tuba you're talking about, because the tree sap uh, tuba, the ones that's fresh out of the tree sap, it's not fermented. It's certainly not strong drink. It's described as a sweet, uh, a sweet tuba, or a sweet kind of drink, and that's usually the kinds that are being sold, you know, at uh, at uh, at uh, the market, flea market, and things like that. Now, there on here on Guam, we have two kinds of tuba. And they say the, the, the sweet one that's right from the tree, that's tuba for the woman. Uh, but the one that is fermented or distilled, as a matter of fact, this kind is distilled twice, is called the tuba for the men. <laughs> and this one is alcoholic. And I don't think it's for men. I, uh, you know, <laughs> no, no, I don't think even men should drink it. But uh, this one is distilled. It is alcoholic. And it is um, you know, for all intents and purposes, it's it's moonshine. That's basically what it is. Now, this is the one that the Bible will, in fact, uh, condemn. Um, Jesus was given something very similar, not from the coconut tree, but from something else. Uh, it, he was given vinegar. And basically, vinegar is uh, you know, that kind of juices that have hmm. been that has been fermented. So they gave him vinegar, and he wouldn't drink it because that is fermented and it's alcoholic and it will affect your thinking, mm. uh, at least to some degree. So strong drink uh, is is very much uh, for, uh, prohibited in the Bible. Jesus refused the tuba of his day. And so before you drink tuba, you might want to ask yourself, is this the one that's right from the tree or, is this, or has this been sitting and distilled? Um, here on Guam, the distilled kind of tuba has a specific name. It's called aquazente, or agi is another word for it. And um, in Chuk, what was the name for the fermented one? I forget. Tuba. It's tuba. just called tuba. Yes. But the, what was the sweet one?
2: Uh, from where I'm from, but Hoke. and call it
1: falupa. Falupa. Okay. Yes. So that's the. you can drink the falupa, but not the yeah. tuba. Okay. Good. <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, I myself, you know, this is strange, but here, I grew up all my life here on this island, and I never tried tuba. Men or woman tuba at all, I've never tried it. I guess I just never had the had the interest or even opportunity. So it's okay. I like water. Water's my favorite. <laughs> 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 okay. So again, if you're talking about tuba here on Guam, uh, there's two kinds. There's fermented and unfermented. Stay away from the uh, stay away from the alcoholic fermented one. The one that's been distilled. But if it came straight from the tree sap, I don't. There's nothing alcoholic about that. It's just a nice, sweet drink from the tree. What here on Guam we call the tree of life. <laughs> it's not really the tree of life. It's not the biblical tree of life, but no, what? why not? Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for um, all these wonderful questions. It looks like we have about a minute before we go to our break. And uh, before we go on our break, uh, we just want to encourage you to call in your question. And if you call in your question, uh, that first of all, we, we love knowing that people are listening to our program. We love kn- knowing that people are listening and that people are reading their Bibles. And understandably, you have questions about the Bible. So go ahead and pick up your phone and dial in your question. And uh, our operators are standing by. Our lines are open, and we look forward to hearing your call. Alright, so many wonderful calls, so many f- wonderful questions have come in, and uh, so, some of these, uh, like that one about the the body suffering 30%, um, we do have a wonderful, um, we do have a wonderful um, health program, uh, just like straight from the Bible, it's a health question and answer program on Wednesday with Dr. Robinson and Dr i forget <laughs> my mind's is drawing up arnott? dr arnott dr timothy arnott thank you <laughs> i don't know what happened there okay well as you can hear from the music we're going to be taking our break now let's take a break and uh that means we're not done we still have a half hour left but we'll be right back after this
3: if you encounter spiritual quicksand find the rock take a stand keep standing there are things you'll encounter that will shake your world and wake you in the middle of the night. Things will seem impossible. Clouds will seem perpetually gray. Trusting God means standing up when it would seem easier to run away. God can strengthen the weak. He's been known to use Christian radio. Your support means even more our finding the courage to stand. Joy
0: FM. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net. Or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash radio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible.
1: And we have returned from our break. And we're so glad that you're still tuned in and listening. And of course, the contact numbers to call... Uh, both myself and Sean. My, my name is Pastor Lewis Moffness, and this is Sh- uh, Sean R- Roniung. And uh, we want to hear your calls and your questions. 472-1111. 472-1111. If you're calling from Guam. If you're calling from the CNMI, then it's 323-1113. Or you can go to facebook.com forward slash joyfromradio, go to the live stream, go to the comments section, Leave your uh, question there. We'll see it right away. Okay. um, You know, before we wanted to go in, uh, I I said something about the vinegar, uh, the Mm. vinegar that uh, the fermented liquid that comes from plants is basically what vinegar is. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, um, chapter six, verse three, talking about the, the, The the vow of the Nazarene, it says, He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar of wine. So wine is considered the vinegar. Mm. And that fermented tuba is also considered a vinegar. Uh, Strong drink, he shall not drink any liquor of grapes nor eat uh, anything like that. So, okay, and uh, also... Um, we already read that they gave Jesus vinegar, vinegar to drink, and he refused it in Matthew twenty seven thirty four. And we had a caller call in and correct uh, our terminology for the um, falupa. Now, uh, evidently, there's a person who called and said that falupa is the alcohol is the alcoholic version, the alcoholic version according to the Hok language. Yes. In Chuk. Okay, so falupa is the bad one. Okay, and the sweet one is called. How do you say that? Arimam. Arimam. Okay. So Arimam, that actually sounds sweet. Okay. So <laughs> let's uh, just uh, remember, uh, they're handing you a cup of uh, tree, uh, coconut tree sap. You say, is that falupa or Arimam? If it's Arimam, go ahead and drink it. Okay. All right. Now, it looks like we have a question that has come here, and it says, Will unborn babies be in heaven? Oh, I like that question. Unborn babies. Wow. Um, when we're talking about babies being in heaven, hmm. that is that has got to be the um, the hope of many mothers who wanted the baby. And I've met so many of these mothers who have lost their babies, even before the baby had a chance to be born. You know, it was uh, a miscarriage, or it was still. You know, it went still in the womb, hmm. and the mother was looking so forward to meeting that child, and it just never happened. And there are many mothers and fathers who wonder, will we have a chance in the kingdom of heaven to see our baby that never had a chance at life? I believe so. I believe so. I believe that there will be babies in the kingdom of heaven. Um, I'm not going to play the part of God and say every baby. Only God can answer that. Um, But I do believe there will be babies in heaven. I believe the Bible tells us this. You remember the story of uh, Jesus when, uh, when uh, King Herod sent the wise men to Bethlehem because mm-hmm. he read, you know, his, his uh, scribes read that Bethlehem was where the Messiah was going to be born. So he says, go to Bethlehem and when you find the child, come back, tell me and I'll go and worship him. But of course he wanted to kill the baby Jesus. And so when the wise men, when they saw the baby Jesus, they worshiped him, gave him gifts, and then had a dream. And the angel says, go back a different way. Do not go back to Herod. And so they didn't. Herod found out. He was enraged. And he had asked the wise men, how long were they following that star? And based on the timing of the wise men, he killed all the babies who were born in Bethlehem from two years Mm -hmm. old and under. Uh, that means there may have been some babies born that very day, <laughs> and mm. uh, and uh, they suffered the wrath of Herod. Now, in the book of Matthew, what many people um, kind of overlook is that what happened there, that massacre that happened in Bethlehem was a result of a prophecy in the book of Jeremiah 31, where it says, in Rama there was a voice heard weeping and lamenting, Rachel weeping for her children, for they are not. Uh, All those mothers refused to be comforted uh, because their Mm. babies were all dead. But if you go to the original text, the original prophecy in the, the book of Jeremiah, and I think I'll turn there now, and it should be Jeremiah 31. If you go to the original prophecy, there is a lot of hope for those babies who died. And I'm going to go there right now. And those mothers who heard, um, who were weeping, and all those mothers who um, had a tragic, uh, a tragic uh, result of Herod, Herod's wrath. I'm going to do a search here because my eyes weren't uh, quick enough, and so. I, I'm there if you need me to read it. Jeremiah 31, 15. Could you read that? Yes, sir. Verse 15.
2: And it says, This is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, and refusing to be comforted because they are no more.
1: So here, we. this is the prophecy that was quoted in the book of Matthew 2, verse 18. But then if you continue reading in verse 16.
2: This is what the Lord says. Keep your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for the reward of your work will come, declares the Lord.
1: Then your children will return from the land of the enemy. Your children will return. And so I believe there's a lot of hope for babies who never had a chance at life, who met through some unfortunate circumstance of their birth or even before birth. I believe that God loves children. Mm. And we just read a verse that says that promises... Mothers, there's no need to cry because your children are going to come back. It's a wonderful promise. And I love that promise whenever I hear about uh, a baby who has died. Mm. And so let's just thank God for that. Thank God that there can be salvation and eternal life even for the very, very young. Mm. Okay. Now it looks like we have a caller who is waiting. And uh, actually, I don't think we're... The uh, the call is ready for us just yet, but okay. Um, actually, here we go. Uh, I believe we're going to be talking to Kelly. So let's put Kelly on the air. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible, Kelly. You're on the air.
3: Hello. Oh, thank you, Pastor, thank you.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for uh, calling.
3: Oh, uh, uh, my question is uh, why why God allows suffering into this world?
1: Why did God allow suffering into this world? That's your question. Yes. Okay. Good question. Um, suffering and pain came into this world, not because God wanted it to, uh, God wanted no more. God never wanted death. He never wanted sickness. He never wanted, um, hardship or toil or anything like that. The reason why all those things are here is because of sin. It wasn't God who brought suffering into this world. We're the ones who chose that. When Adam and Eve chose to sin, they, are, they were the ones who allowed suffering and pain into this world. So it wasn't God who brought it in, but it was the human beings who listened to the enemy, listened to Satan, and they were the ones who opened the doors for death and disease and sorrow. But why does God allow it? Well, he first of all, he allows it because he, gave, he gives us freedom of choice. Uh, God is not the one who invented wars. It was, uh, you know, human beings were the ones who made mm-hmm. wars, but God allows our choices. And that's the reason why, you know, many people suffer through that way. Even diseases, you know, like uh, lung cancer or, or cirrhosis of the liver, these things happen because we smoke and drink. Now, God allows it to happen because he honors our choices. And so these are the reasons why. Uh, this is the reason why suffering exists in our world. It's not. It's, it wasn't God's fault. Um, God simply honors our choices, and that's why we have it here. So many times people ask, "Why does God allow pain and suffering?" Uh, I think the question is, "Why do we allow it? <laughs> why do we? If we continue, if we continue sinning, then we're continuing to suffer." But one day God will put a stop to all the suffering. Uh, we read in the, book of, uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 21 where God will wipe away all tears. There will be no more death, no more sorrowing, or anything like that. Okay, so uh, that's the best way that I think I can answer your question about suffering and pain. Does that answer your question, Kelly?
3: Yes, thank you.
1: You're very welcome, sir. Thank you very much for your call, and thank you very much for your question. We appreciate it. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Okay, wonderful questions. Oh, boy, you know, all these calls are coming in. (laughs) Keep them coming, everybody. So glad to have have everybody um, tuning in and asking questions. Um, Go ahead and pick up your phone and dial those numbers that we gave earlier, and we'll be happy to take your question. Okay, now I think we have uh, another question coming.
2: Yes, um, Chris is asking about Jeremiah 1 verse 5.
1: Jeremiah 1 5. Would I, you like to read that for us, Sean? Yeah. Thanks.
2: Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations.
1: Wow, look at that. So before we were even formed in the womb, and God says, I'm the one who formed you in the womb. Mm. Um, so you know, even as our bones are being put together, and uh, you know all the organs are being put in, God was the one who uh, was doing that. And it's interesting; He knew us before He did that, which tells me He knew Louis Moffinus. He knew Sean even before <laughs> Mom and Dad met. Mm. And that's a that's a wonderful uh, that's a wonderful foresight and and uh, foreknowledge of God that He knows the end from the beginning. Um, in the Bible, it says that he knew Cyrus was going to be the one to take down Babylon, and that was like centuries before Cyrus was mm. even born. It's it's an amazing <laughs> it's an amazing thing that God knows even before we know. God knows things that are going to happen even before they happen. That's what makes Him God. He is the only one who can predict the future with pinpoint accuracy. Mm. That's one of the things that, that's one of the things I love about the Bible is just how reliable. The 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 prophecies are where God says, "I know what's going to happen in the future, and I'll tell you so that you can know that I'm the Lord. Nobody else is able to do this." Yeah, yeah, I can't even predict what I'm going to have tomorrow for lunch. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> but no, uh, thank you very much, Chris, for calling that in. Jeremiah one five, it is uh, very much about. Um, very much uh, exalting the, the the foreknowledge and and uh, foresight of God. Mm. Okay, all right. Do we have any other questions, Sean?
2: Yes, uh, we have a question from Facebook. Okay. It says, "Will you share your takes on the Trinity according to what the Bible said?"
1: Marvelous question. You're going to ask me to to take on the uh, the whole teaching of the Trinity and what the Bible says. There's a lot that the Bible says. Okay. The first thing we're going to go to is the book of deuteronomy and in the book of deuteronomy i believe it's chapter six and uh uh the, where it says that there is only one god and i'm going to see if i can't find it, it should be done De- is it deuteronomy 6 yes. yes deuteronomy 6 verse 4 could you go ahead and read that for us here O israel the lord our god the lord is one there is one god we are not polytheists we are not uh you know we don't believe that there's a god of the moon god of the sun god of the trees god of the sea there is not a pantheon of gods there is not a, you know all these different gods that we attribute to all the different things of nature no the bible says the the lord is one there is only one lord The first commandment says, you shall have no other gods but me. (laughs) And so God says, there is no other false god, but there is no other god except me. All the others are all false. Mm. So Christianity, along with Judaism and Islam, we believe that there is only one God. That is a Christian teaching, such a pillar teaching. Now, having said that, it is also a Christian teaching that in that one God there is a plurality. There is more than just one. Now, don't ask me to explain (laughs) that. I I really can't wrap my mind around Mm. it, but the Bible does teach it. In the book of Genesis chapter one, where God says, let us make man in our image. And then Mm. it says that we were made in the image of God. So who's the us? Who's the our? Obviously, if we're made in the in the image of God there is an us in the go- in God mm. as a matter of fact the word god is translated from the hebrew word elohim and every time you hear the im at the end of a of a word in hebrew that's that's more than one that's plural it's like us when we add an s or an es mm. so elohim means one god but there's there's more than one there's two or mm. three so is the father god absolutely jesus jesus Teaches that the father is God where he when he was on the cross. He called out to his father. My God my God Why have you forsaken me? Mm. now is Jesus God you only have to read John chapter 1 to see in John chapter 1 verses 1 2 and 3 Why don't you read that for yes, us? Sir. Mm-hmm. And so John chapter 1 verses 1 2 and 3 we take a look at what the Bible says about Jesus
2: Verses 1 2 and 3 mm-hmm. and it says in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made.
1: Now, it's interesting there that it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So here we have the Word and God as Mm. two separate people. But then it says, the Word was God. So along with being with God, this Word is also God just as the first one was. Mm. And if you go to verse 14. Verse 14. Mm -hmm.
2: And it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling
1: among us. And the word was made flesh. Who is this God who became flesh? That would be Jesus, Jesus. right? Mm. At his birth or before he was born, uh, the angel says, you shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. So Jesus is God with us. In the book of Hebrews chapter one, God said to Uh, God said to the Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
1: Jesus called the Father God, and the Father calls Mm -hmm. Jesus God. So who's right? Both of them. (laughs) Both of them are right. Um, They're both calling each other God, and we have to admit that the Bible is teaching that both the Father and the Son is God. Now how about the Holy Spirit? Now, the Bible says, Jesus says, whoever speaks a word against the Father or the Son will be forgiven, but whoever speaks a word against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Mm. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. You know, blasphemy is a very strong thing, and it's something you can only do against God. And so Mm. if you can blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, then that means you blaspheme against God. In the book of Acts, Peter, uh, the apostle Peter, he told annas and sapphira that uh in the book of acts chapter 5 and reading verse 3 at first if you can go uh help us with that verse sean acts chapter 5 verse 3. okay so the holy spirit is the holy spirit god so let's take a look Acts chapter 5 and reading verse 3.
2: reading verse 3 and it says then peter said ananias how is it that satan has filled your heart to lie to the holy spirit and withhold some of the proceeds from the land so here
1: peter is asking ananias why are you lying to the holy spirit now many people say the holy spirit isn't really a person the holy Spirit's like a power or a force well i have a problem with that because you can't lie to a force or a power you know gravity can i lie to gravity hey gravity i have peanut butter for breakfast no i didn't but mm. does, gravity doesn't care. I can't lie to it. You can only lie to someone, something or someone, if they believe what you say and or, or don't believe what you say. And so if he's lying to the Holy Spirit, first of all, that it demonstrates that it's not just a force. That is a person. And mm. then if you continue in the next verse, in verse 4. And it says, Did it
2: not belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? How could you conceive such a deed in your heart you have not lied to men
1: but to god in verse three he says you lied to the holy spirit in verse four he says you lied to god so what does that make the holy spirit god that would be god the holy spirit so just to recap there is only one god Mm -hmm. that is so uh, prevalent in all of scriptures we are to worship no one or to bow before no one or to pray to anyone or to give our hearts to anyone except god now the in that one god there is there are three persons equally all of them are equally god the father the son and the holy spirit these are things that i don't think we need to explain or try to reason it out Mm. but since the bible teaches it we simply accept it that it is a bible teaching it is true and we believe it and uh, people say well i can't believe something unless i can really explain it mm. um maybe you can do that with uh with uh, with the recipe that you're doing in the kitchen but you can't take god and figure out everything about him or understand everything about him because then that would make you equal with him mm. if you can figure god out 100 uh, percent if god was 100 percent able to be understood he wouldn't be big enough to, to to worship so it's very important to understand that although we may not understand how exactly the trinity might work um, we do see that it is a biblical teaching and i believe it's true and we are called to believe the truth and by the way the word one Many times in the Bible, it doesn't always mean singular. Um, man and woman, when they become husband and wife, become one flesh. And uh, does that mean they merge together and become a two-headed monster no (laughs) (laughs) it may seem that way in some places but no no they it simply means they are so united together that they are basically inseparable in every other way besides physical (laughs) Mm. um the bible says that the church all christians are to be one now of course that means that we are all united in heart and mind and spirit so many times when the bible says one it simply means um perfect unity and so mm-hmm. that may be one way that we can understand it okay wow, all these wonderful questions Sean I'm having fun how about you uh, yes <laughs> good and if you if you have a question we have about five minutes left in our program I'm willing to take a call I think Sean is too but you have to call right now I mean like right now what are you doing you're you're, you're sitting there you're wondering if you want to call yes do it call. Take those numbers that we've been giving you, 472-1111, 472-1111. You have five minutes, maybe less. And then there's 323-1113 if you're calling from the CNMI. Cypentinian and Rhoda can dial 323-1113. All right. Now, I believe we do have another email question, though.
2: Yes. um, A listener listener asks, is it true that most villains in the Bible are redheaded, if true? Is there a reason why it is? And then okay. it says, Pastor, who or what arranged the Bible in the order as it is now? And if new ver- verifiable written man- material is found, can it be added to the Bible? Like another Dead Sea Scroll situation but with never before seen text? Finally, um, does it matter how the different books of the Bible are arranged? Genesis, Genesis to Revelation.
1: Okay, good questions. I'm not sure if we have time to fully explain all mm. of those. But um, the one about the red-headed villains, I have to admit, that's the first time I have ever heard that. Me too. I'm not sure if there's any specified redhead in the Bible. Um, Adam was called Adam because he was red. Esau had red hair. I stand corrected. Esau yes. did have red hair. Um, uh, <laughs> it says he when he was born... Uh, he was hairy like a garment. That means that baby came out like he was wearing a shirt. I mean, you, when you combed his hair, you had to keep on going all the way to his waist <laughs> and down his arms to his wrists. It was he was like that. Uh, baby had a a shirt when he came out, <laughs> and uh, I believe he was redded. uh His hair was reddish in color. If mm. I'm fine but villains in the bible i'm afraid that has to be untrue i do not believe uh that the villains were were mostly red-headed i would love to know where our caller got such a notion if you heard that from a pastor or from the pulpit being preached i would like to you might want to call them out on that and say please show me that in the bible because i don't mm-hmm. believe that's in the bible anywhere um maybe maybe in the way people make uh uh bible cartoons <laughs> or artwork uh, maybe the the artists are making are rendering the the villains redheaded but I'm not i i can't speak to that either but i would have to say that's that's uh very very unlikely that mm. all the villains are redheaded now the other question uh, about the order of the bible uh, but the one thing that I think most people would like to ben, uh, ask is that second, that third question. If other books are found, can we add it to the Bible? Mm. Um, my my um, personal uh, opinion on that is no, that is not a biblical, uh, that is not a biblical concept. Whenever there are a lot of people who say, well, we found they found new documents, you know, they found uh, uh, archaeological uh, books that have been preserved, like the book of Enoch and the book of uh, the book of Thomas, the book of this and that. Uh, that needs to be added into the Bible. Um, no, actually, no, the Bible does not need to be added to or taken away from. The scripture actually tells us not to do that, not to add to his word or take away. And so that is uh, just because something is found archaeologically doesn't mean that it, uh, it um, needs to be added. Mm. An arche- archaeological find is just that it's an archaeological find. How wonderful. And yes, you know, there's the book of Enoch. You can read it if you want to, but that doesn't mean that it isn't the canon of Scripture. Mm. And I knew that we wouldn't have enough time to really flesh that out. Perhaps I can take that up again because there's so many things that I can say about that, why they shouldn't be added. Mm. But I would like to just give assurance that what you have in your hands when you open the scriptures, that is the full word of God. Okay. That is all the time we've had. Sean, thank you very much for being with me today. Thank you for having me again. And I want to thank each and every one of you, our listening friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for joining us. And if you uh, didn't get your question in, there's always next Monday. Please, you are invited to tune, again, tune in again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness and Sean Ronion saying good night. God bless.
0: Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.